Hi, and welcome back to By The Fire podcast, where I, Ken, your host, take you through mythical tales and creatures from across the Black diaspora. So today I'll be talking about creatures of the air. And you know what? I chose this because right now I'm looking outside my window and you know what I see? Flies trying to get into my room. It's so sunny outside and for some reason they think my window is not a window and they want to get in. But I just thought, you know what? What if I looked outside and I saw some of the creatures I'm talking about today? That would be interesting. I hope you enjoy. The Kongomato means overwhelmer of boats and it's known to be sighted in Zambia, Kenya and Namibia by both natives, Europeans and Americans. So Africans don't really see this as a supernatural being. The Kongomato is actually regarded to be more of a horrible beast. It's an odd flying creature that comes from the Awemba tribe who claim that birds live in caves in cliffs near the source of the Great Zambezi River. The Kongomato is described as a large reddish creature with leathery wings without any feathers. It's also said to be as big as rams, have wings like dragons with long tails and long chaps and diverse rows of teeth and feed upon raw flesh. Their colour is blue and green, their skin can be painted like scales and they have two feet but no more. They're even said to have capsized the canoes of natives and attacked people who ventured too close to the nearby rivers. They've been said to dig graves and even steal human corpses. The Zambian Karande tribe used to carry charms for protection from the beast, and some even believe that seeing the Kongomato is a death omen. So in 1925, a native explored a Zambian swamp that was known as Demon's Territory and was wounded by a strange huge bird. When he was shown a pterosaur's picture, he screamed and fled in horror. So I'm going to be talking about some other supposed appearances in person. In 1956, engineer J.P.F. Brown saw two prehistoric-looking creatures flying over Fort Rosebury in Zambia around 6pm. These creatures had long tails, narrow heads, pointed teeth and a wingspan of approximately 3 to 3.5 feet. In 1957, a man went to a Fort Rosebury hospital emergency room with a severe chest wound and told the doctor that a huge bird attacked him in the Bangweilu swamps. When asked to draw a picture of the creature, the sketch resembled a pterosaur. So it is quite interesting because I am looking at a picture of the Kongomato and it does look like a pterosaur. Pterosaurs are extinct types of um, dinosaurs and they were the earliest vertebrates known to have involved powered flight from the actual, you know, back in the day. So it's quite interesting to know that even in the 20th century, these things have been cited and known as other things. This creature can be found in the book Tracking Sea Monsters, Bigfoot and Other Legendary Beasts by Nelson Yomtov. Yambos are a type of fairies from the Wall of Mythology of Senegal in West Africa. They come out to dance in the moonlight and feast on large tables served by partially invisible servants where you can only see their feet and hands. They eat corn taken from humans and fish and they can even invite humans to their feasts as guests. They take firewood from campfires, but only enough needed to roast their fish. They live beneath the Pap Hills, which is three miles inland from the Gori Island, off the coast of the capital of Senegal, which is Dakar, and they're said to be two feet in height, which is around 60 centimetres, and are pearly white in colour with silver hair. Yambos attach themselves to a chosen family and love and care for them. Some sources say that the fairies are the spirits of deceased relatives, 
and when a family member dies, the Yambos mourn and dance on the departed person's grave. Yambos are actually quite fond of plum wine, and when the wine turns sour, they drink it with great joy until they become very drunk. In such a drunken state, they sing very loudly, making much noise by beating on drums. So they're known as the Bakna Rakna, which means good people, so you don't really need to escape them. And they have even been spotted at night in their fishing boats, hoping to catch a late snack. It is actually quite interesting because in popular culture, they have been mentioned in Pottermore, which is sort of a Harry Potter universe outside of the books. And in those, um, in that universe, they are considered house elves, who are also mascots for the Senegalese Quidditch team. So that one is quite interesting because um, they are known to be fairies in the world of mythology. So how they became house elves is something to think about. In South Africa, the Impundulu, aka lightning bird, is a winged bird-like creature, which can masquerade as a human. Belief in the Impundulu is very common amongst the Zulu tribe. Most of the time, it's recognisable as a huge black and white predator, which has the ability to strike lightning from its talons. It's believed to do the bidding of witches, and so it's considered to be a witch's familiar. Many also consider it to be an extremely evil creature, sometimes referring to it as a demon or a vamp demon. If a witch sends an impundulu after someone, it can cause illness and bad luck to that person. It can also be considered as a type of vampire bird, since it is said that it feeds off blood, similar to a vampire bat or vampire finch that feeds off blood. In its human form, it will feed off humans, and sometimes it can even take the form of a beautiful young man who seduces women to then eventually eat them. But then, in its animal form, it will feed off other birds, and as an animal, its appearance is very similar to a hammercock, which is a medium-sized wading bird found in Madagascar, Africa and Uganda as well. Um, the name comes from the African term for hammerhead, which is obviously hammercock. If you didn't know, kopf, 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 with an F at the end, is head in German. So that's where kop came from. Because it outlives its masters, it's said to be passed down in a richest family from mother to daughter, doing the bidding of its new owner. It's said that the creature is immortal, but some say it can actually be destroyed by fire. Newt is the Egyptian goddess of the sky, and she's obviously from Egypt. According to Egyptian mythology, it's said that Newt and Geb were inseparable, which left no room for creation by Atum-Ra, the creator god. Atum-Ra and Shu, who were jealous of the closeness between Newt and Geb, did not want them to have children. Shu separated them by lifting Newt up. Newt, as she was high up, continued to form the sky, while Geb remained beneath her to form the earth. Another story is that Ra issued a decree that Newt shall not give birth on any day of the year. She conspired with Thoth, the god of wisdom, who won five extra days for the moon for her to bear five children. She gave birth to Osiris, which is the ruler of the gods, Horus the Elder, who is the god of war, Set, the god of evil, Isis, the goddess of magic, and Nemphis, the goddess of water. This is the story of how a year came to have 365 days instead of 360. She's usually depicted as a woman bent over earth with her head in the west and her feet in the east. She was sometimes depicted as a celestial cow. Newt often holds the key of life, called the Ankh, or the scepter. The scepter is a long staff with an animal head on top and is a symbol of authority and divine power. 
Now, speaking of the ankh, is that what hoteps love to wear? I think it is. Who said ankh? Beyonce said it in her song, Black Parade, didn't she? Um, yep, she said ankh charms on gold chains in her song. I was like, I thought I knew that word from somewhere. The ancient Egyptians believed that she protected the earth deity Geb, who's her husband, from the night sky. Myths also state that the sun deity Ra travelled through her, where she swallowed him at night and then gave birth to him every morning, hence the sun coming out. I wonder if she takes a break or something for the UK because the sun comes out maybe 10 times a year, so I wonder what she does for the rest of the 355 days. No shade, but where's the sunshine, huh? Anyway, saying that, it's June now and a couple weeks ago it was May and it was raining and cold and now it's like 20 degrees and the sun's shining. Ah, what a switch. Anyway, let me continue. Ra was then replaced by Thoth at night, so Thoth was the god of wisdom. Nut was also a protector goddess, namely a protector of the dead. The pyramid text contains many prayers to Nut to ask for protection for those who died. The Book of Nut is a modern title of what was known in ancient times as the Fundamentals of the Course of the Stars. This is an important collection of ancient Egyptian astronomical texts, perhaps the earliest of several other such texts going back at least 2000 BC. Nut being the sky goddess plays a big role in the book. The text also tells us about various other sky deities such as the star deities and the deacon deities. The cycles of the stars and the planets and the timekeeping are covered in such book. So that is really cool because I would love to do an episode on astrology and its linkage with mythology and how far back it's used. Um, I have something else I have talked about on my social media. Um, it's called African Cosmovision, which is basically how we understand the universe. I think that's also something I want to talk about. So I really hope you enjoyed that episode. It was really fun to research. And yeah, it would be very interesting to see a creature in the air that could uh, eat me, I guess. It would definitely be able to penetrate these windows. Um, So whilst it would be interesting, it would also be really scary. Anyway, I really hope you enjoyed and if you did, be sure to rate and comment on Apple Podcasts and follow on Spotify and you can also listen on SoundCloud. Use the hashtag BTFpod so we can continue the conversation online and I look forward to you joining me for the next episode. You can also follow this podcast on ByTheFire underscore pod on Instagram, Twitter and TikTok and you can find me on Facebook as well where I'll regularly upload proverbs and superstitions from across the Black Diaspora. You can also support my Ko-fi where I release exclusive content including videos, giving my supporters the ability to vote for the next episode, sneak peeks before episodes are released and once a month. Supporters can also listen to the episode a whole week early. Yes, even this episode was actually released a week early for those who supported me on Ko-fi. I'm excited to say I'm actually a Ko-fi ambassador now, which means I can work with other ambassadors to improve how Ko-fi works to make sure that all creatives are given a platform where they can receive support from people in order to allow their work to flourish. If you have a creature or folklore you'd like to hear or would like to be a guest on the show, you can still email me at bythefire.mail at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening and I can't wait to catch you on the next one. Bye!